Hello, and welcome to Talk Julia. My name is David Amos. And my name is Randy Davila. This week on Talk Julia, we want to talk about setting up a Julia environment using VS Code. We'll talk a little bit about how to install Julia in case you haven't done that yet, although I think most people listening to this probably already have Julia installed. <laughs> we'll talk about installing VS Code and using the Julia VS Code extension, as well as some bonus tips and things at the end, like uh, using the Julia Mono font. So to kick it off, let's do a quick overview on installing Julia. Probably the preferred way to download Julia is to go to julialang.org and click on the green download button. And that'll take you to a page where you can see all the different platforms that are supported and you can download the binary installers for those. Uh, you can also download the source and you can compile it from source if need be. But one thing that you might want to take a look at, if you look at the different platforms, so there's like the Windows, the Mac OS x86, like the Intel or Rosetta or uh, the, the new Mac OS ARM M series processors, all this little help link next to it. If you click on that, it'll take you to some platform specific instructions that have a lot more detail on the steps to actually install it. So this is really helpful if you're just installing it for the first time, because it kind of gives you a little walkthrough. And there's some important stuff to note here. So things like getting Julia on your path, if you're on Windows or Mac OS, and also covering things like uninstallation and things like that. And it's okay to have several versions of Julia installed on your computer, as we'll see in a bit. Yeah, exactly. You can download multiple versions and have them all side by side. That's not a problem. But I think this is the preferred way to do it. I always like to get it from like straight from the source, right? And not try to down. I don't know if there's like a uh, if you can get Julia through Homebrew or something like that. But there's a note in the installation docs uh, about unofficial binaries. It says there are a variety of distribution specific packages that are community contributed. So maybe this is something you would get through like your package manager if you're using like a, a Linux install or something like that. They may not use the right versions of Julia dependencies or have important patches. That is something to keep in mind. My recommendation is to always go to the julialang.org website and download the latest version there because you know it's going to have all the right dependencies. Everything's going to be the way it should. And it's maintained by the Julia Lang maintainers and not by someone that's you know maintaining that package for a particular distribution. There are also a couple of alternative ways to install it that are interesting. I personally have not used these. So there's a jill.py tool which can automate the installation workflow on all platforms. And that's actually a Python package. So you, you'll need to have Python installed and pip installed and you just run pip install jill and then you can use jill install to install the current stable release and also jill install latest to get like the nightly builds which are the like preview versions not necessarily stable but if you wanted to preview something you could do that there's also this julia up on windows which is a installer and version manager and you can use it to install specific julia versions and you can update to the latest release it handles getting everything on path for you which is really nice that can be difficult especially maybe for students it might be a good option and it will also alert you when a new version is available. So once you have Julia installed, you'll want to go to code.visualstudio.com and you can download Visual Studio Code there. It should automatically detect what platform you're on. So for mine, it's automatically detected that I am on a Mac and you'll just click the button. It'll take you to a page that has some like getting started documentation, but that install should start immediately and download to your computer. If it doesn't detect your platform or if you want to download it for a different platform, there is an other platforms button right there. And then they also have an in 
insider's edition if you want to preview the latest features and things like that but i typically i don't use the insider's edition i just use the the stable release and it's simple you just download it and it installs just like any other application on your computer you can also install it through like the microsoft store the mac app store and i think even like the ubuntu app store uh, will have it in there so that's another way to do it but i just use the, the blue download button here once you have VS Code installed, there's a couple of different ways you can open it, actually. You can open it from your applications menu on Mac or on Windows or things like that. There's actually another way that you can open it. You can open code from the terminal itself. And this is a good way if you want to open just a specific file or open it within a, a specific directory. So for example, I have a, a projects directory and I have one uh, for Talk Julia, and then I've set up one for this podcast episode called Julia VS Code. And if I want to open VS Code from that directory, I just CD into that directory and type code and then the period. So once you have VS Code open, then on the left-hand tab, you've got different buttons. There's a file explorer button, there's a search tab, there's a source control tab, run and debug, and an extensions tab. So if you click on the extensions tab and search for Julia, then you'll see the Julia extension should be the first one that comes up. And one thing to note is that when you hover over it, you'll see that it says Julia version 1.5.11. That is not the version of Julia, that is the version of the Julia extension. So don't get confused by that. Right. And isn't this maintained by just one person? <laughs> I believe right now, yeah, it's, well, I mean, it is open source. I think there have been some contributors, but yeah, it's, I think it's one person that's doing a lot of the work and I really, really appreciate all the work that they are putting into it. So when you select that, then I've already got it installed. So I don't see the install button here, but right in this area, right at the top of the screen, there will be an install button. You just click install. It installs the extension for you and you should be all good to go. And what's nice about the Julia extension is if you have Julia installed and it's just installed like in the default location on your computer, or if you don't have it installed in the default location, but you have it on your path, then the extension will recognize that and it will automatically link everything together. But the extension has some really awesome features that make working with Julia, not just in VS Code better, but also kind of just make working with Julia a little bit better as well. So I think it's a really nice environment and I love the direction they're taking it. But let's just kind of talk through some of the features real quick. You get the syntax highlighting, so it'll recognize .jl files and that those are Julia files and it'll highlight all the syntax for you. You get some Julia specific commands and what they mean by that is the commands in the command palette. So if you are on a Mac, it's command shift P to open the command palette. I think that's probably control shift P on Windows or Linux. And if you type Julia, then you'll see a whole bunch of commands that are available to you. So there's one called start REPL, there's Julia weave commands, which integrates with this weave.jl package. There's commands for activating parent environment or activating this environment, add symbols to compile modules and functions. There's a whole bunch of different commands here. Some of them already have key bindings associated with them, but because these commands are here, then you can configure 
ones that do not have key bindings, you could then configure them to have key bindings. So there are commands you use a lot. You can configure VS Code and assign a key binding to those so that you can have quick access to them without having to search for them in the in the command palette. But yeah, it comes with a whole bunch of stuff that you can use there. So that's nice. I mentioned that there's this Julia, open Julia REPL command. So it has an integrated Julia REPL, which we're going to talk about more in a second. That is one of my favorite features. It also comes with code completion and IntelliSense, hover help, that kind of stuff. You get a linter. So if you're coding in like a .jl file, it'll run static checks against it so that you don't have to run anything and it may catch syntax errors or things like that and uh, a bunch of other stuff. So it, it integrates with the VS Code debugger, works great, setting up tasks for running tests, builds, benchmarks, and building documentation, a plot gallery, a grid viewer for tabular data. Yeah, so today I think we just want to go through some of the cool features and talk about them and show you how they work because there's a lot of really nice stuff in here that makes developing Julia and VS Code really nice. So now we've got Visual Studio Code installed and we've opened it up to a directory. We have nothing inside of this directory, right? And we want to code some Julia. So in your file explorer on the left-hand side, there is a little, looks like a sheet of paper with a plus sign to create a new file. And I'm going to click that and just call this myscript.jl. Inside of that, let's just start with something really, really basic. So I'm going to create two variables, X and Y. So X equals one, Y equals two. And then uh, I'm gonna do X plus two. Or actually, let me wrap that in a print line. To run the code, you have a couple of different options. The way that I've used uh, a lot is just control F5. So type control F5 and it will run it and it will open up in your terminal and you'll see the output there, there it's showing three. Oh, I did X plus two instead of X plus Y, whatever, same thing, uh, because Y is equal to two. You can also click this little play button in the top right-hand corner, and that will do the same thing. It'll open up the terminal, and here I see the output three. So the previous time you didn't end up in the REPL, now I see the REPL. Yeah, the last time it did it in the output tab, this time it actually shows up with the REPL here. There's another way to run it though, and that is to highlight the code in the file that you want to run and hit shift enter. And now I should see, yeah, it printed three again in my REPL. So to open up the terminal in VS Code, you can go to terminal, new terminal in the file menu, but the quickest way is to use the control backtick shortcut. So you, that will toggle open and close the REPL, and that's a really handy shortcut to know. But notice how the code that I highlighted, I get this little check here showing me that it ran without an error, and it also shows me what the output was of all that. Not the output in terms of like printing, because it, it printed something, that's, you know, but like what was actually returned. So X and Y are in the currently in your, your rebel session what happens if you highlight only print line x plus y and run only that line of code all right so i'll highlight that and hit shift enter in this case it worked because i already had x and y set right so it's all tied into this session so because i had already run those lines of code it knows what x and y are what about using the REPL? So like, let's say I want to run this file. So if I open my terminal, so now I'm not in the Julia REPL, I'm just in my terminal. I'm in the current working directory, which is this Julia-VS Code directory. So let's do something that needs a package. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to remove this and I'm gonna type uh, using CSV and uh, data frames. I'm gonna open a new file over here and I'm gonna create a little data.csv file. Yeah, so I've typed first comma last comma age for the header and then on the second line, David comma Amos comma 37, I'm 37 years old, Randy 
comma, Davila, comma, you told me earlier you're 34 uh, years old. And I'll save save that. So I've got the CSV file here. And in my script, now I'm going to read the CSV file and put it into a data frame. So I'm going to type data equals CSV in all caps dot read, and then open that function in parentheses and type data.csv for the first argument as a string. That's the path to the CSV file that I want to read. And then the second argument, I think they call the parameter sync. That's where you want the data to go. And in this case, we want it to go into a data frame. So I'm going to type data frame there, and then I'm going to uh, print the data. Right now, I don't have CSV or data frames installed. So I am going to, I'm going to open the Julia REPL by typing Julia in my terminal. And then I'm going to type the right bracket to get into the package manager. And then I'm going to create a new environment in my current directory by typing activate space period. And then I'm going to add the CSV and the data frame packages. Prior to activate period, it was version 1.7. And then after you, you typed activate space period and, and ran that, it became the name of the current working directory that you're in. Right. So it shows me in the package manager REPL that I'm now in this Julia-VS code environment. And over in my file explorer, I can see the manifest.toml and project.toml files that were created when I added those packages. Okay, so now what I want to do is run this file. So this is where the power of the Julia VS Code extension really comes comes in. So if I am in my terminal and I want to run this script from the command line, I would type Julia, and then uh, if I use myscript.jl, it's going to run the script, but it's going to have a problem, right? Because if I try to run it, it's going to say error, load, error, argument, error, package CSV not found in current path. And that's because when I run the Julia command from the command line, it is automatically going to use the base kind of global Julia environment. Now, if I want to use the project environment I just created, I would type Julia dash dash project and then myscript.jl. And now it will run using the project that I have in my current directory. Uh, and then it'll print out the data frame. There it is. And we can see the header, first, last age, and then two rows with my information and, and Randy's information. However, this is not the best way to do it inside of VS Code. So I had to type Julia and then dash dash project, myscript.jl, all that stuff. What we wanna do is use the environment that we, we have. So first of all, there's a couple of things to note. At the very bottom of VS Code in the status bar, there is in the left-hand side, a Julia env button. And right now it says V 1.7. So the current environment I have selected for this is the base kind of global Julia environment. I can click on that and it will show me the different environments that I can select. And I can select Julia dash VS code to make sure that I've got the Julia environment uh, selected. Let me go back to V 1.7 and show you a couple of things real quick. If I click the play button, then I get that error again that says that it could not find the, the CS CSV package. I would get the same thing if I did the uh, control F5 to run it. And that's because I, I have that 1.7 Julia environment selected. So if I go here and select Julia VS code as the selected environment and then run this again, I'll click the play button in the top right hand corner again. It's really nice that you can just like click on that little button to navigate between the versions of Julia. Like for example, my button shows version 1.7 and 1.5 because I have both of those versions. It's just a super yeah. convenient way to, to, to 
kind of pick what environment you want to use. Yeah, exactly. So if you have multiple versions, you can also switch between those uh, as well. So now that I have that Julia VS Code uh, environment selected, now when I hit the play button, it worked and it shows the two by three data frame with, uh, with the information in it. Now, what about opening the REPL? So if I want to open a Julia REPL, let me go back to my base terminal. Normally, if you wanted to open the Julia REPL, I would type Julia, right? And it drops me into a Julia REPL. And then I could do things like I could include my script.jl, but I'm gonna get that error. Even though I have the, the right environment selected for VS Code, inside of the terminal, it's not aware of that environment. So I tried to include my script.jl. I got the load error because it, it can't find the, the package.csv. Uh, so I would need to open it using Julia dash dash project. And now if I include my script.jl, then it'll work just fine. But that's kind of annoying to have to type Julia dash dash project every time I want to open a Julia REPL that is using the right project environment. So one of the beautiful things about the Julia VS Code extension is that it gives me an integrated Julia REPL that I can open separately from my terminal. Like I don't have to type in the Julia command to open this and it will automatically detect and use the, the project environment. So the, what it does is it uses the base folder of your, your VS code workspace and looks for the manifest and project.toml files there. If it doesn't find those, it'll default to the base, you know, global Julia environment. But as long as you have those two files there and you have an environment, it will find it. So there are a couple of ways to open it. You can open VS code's command palette by typing shift command P or shift control P on, on windows and uh, type Julia. And the, one of the first things that comes up will probably be the Julia start REPL. So I can click on that or the quickest way to do it is to use option J O, or I believe that's a alt J O on a, on windows. So if I click that to start the REPL, now I've got a Julia REPL open and it is using the right environment. And I can look at that by just typing the right bracket to switch down to the package manager. And I see it's got the Julia dash VS code selected. So that's a really, really handy feature. In fact, when I'm working in VS code and using Julia, I basically never have to type Julia to open the REPL. I, I use the option J O or alt J O to open it and everything just works. And I think you gave me a good advice earlier. Just think of it as uh, Julia open. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a little mnemonic to, to remember that command. So that is a really, really handy feature and really speeds things up uh, if you're having to switch back and forth between the REPL and a, a file and things like that. Now we've got this data set loaded and I've run some code. So once I've run some code on the left-hand sidebar, you'll see this, like the three dot Julia logo appear. It won't have any colors on it. It's just three open circles, but in the shape of the little uh, triangle, like the Julia logo. And if you click on that, you'll see some really interesting stuff here. That's really handy. So you get three sort of panes in this little sidebar window that opens up one called workspace, one called documentation, and one called plot navigator. And in the workspace, this will, if you haven't run anything, this won't be available or, or it'll be empty. But if you've run some code, then you will see 
this Julia REPL at the top, which is showing you that it's connected to the, the current REPL session. And you'll, you'll be able to see the different things that you have inside of the REPL. So I've got the base package loaded, the core package loaded, because I get those with Julia. I've got this interactive utils, which is the macros and stuff for seeing the LLVM code and native code and all that kind of stuff. So I'm gonna run the code in myscript.jl again. I'm going to highlight it like we did before and hit shift enter to just run that code. And once it finishes running, then over in my workspace pane, some things have changed. And now I can see, okay, I've got this data frames package. I can see the CSV package there and I've got some variables. So here's my data variable, which is a data frame. And I can open that and I can see, okay, here's the columns. So I can see it's got three columns and I can even see what some of the values are for those columns and things like that. And then the column index and the names of the columns are all here. So you can kind of explore things this way through your code. But one of the really cool things is that if I hover over this data Thing. So this is a data frame and it's a table type. There is a built-in table viewer in uh, Julia VS Code extension, and this can be really handy. So what I'm gonna do is in my workspace here, I've got my mouse hovered over data. On the right-hand side is this little icon. It looks like a little web page or something, I don't know. But if I hover over it, it says open in VS Code. And if I click on that, then it opens up this table in a new tab and it says Julia table colon data. So it, it's got the name of the variable where this came from. And I see it almost looks like an Excel spreadsheet and it's got the two rows and it's got my header with the first last and age name there, which is great. And you can do some interesting stuff. So you can click on a column name to sort in ascending or descending order, and that will work on any of these columns. But then also each column has this little hamburger menu that when you hover over the column, it shows up on the left-hand side. You can click on that and you can add some filters. So if I wanna filter age that is, let's say greater than 35, then uh, that filters out the row for Randy because he's 34, I'm 37, so I'm over, over 35. And you can add multiple filters as well. You can put them together using an and or an or logical operator. So if I wanted to greater than 35 and less than or equals to 36, then now it's filtered out all the rows and I don't see anything there because there are no rows that, that match that, uh, that filter. To get rid of it, then you can just come in here and uh, hit the backspace on any of those and it'll go away and you've got your view there again with all the rows in your table. So that's really handy if you have a data set and you need to kind of do some exploring of the data set. If it's kind of easier to do it like this visually, you don't have to go open up Excel or some other program that you might use to, to do that. You can just use this table viewer and you've got the sorting and the filtering there for you as well. So that's really nice. There are a couple of different ways to open this as well. So you don't have to do it from the workspaces tab, or workspaces pane, excuse me, on the left-hand side of the screen. You can also use the VS Code display function. So in my REPL, I'm going to type VS Code display. That's a function. I'm going to pass to it uh, the data variable, which which has the uh, data frame that I made in it. And I'll go ahead and close the tab I had open with the data in it to so that this opens again. So if I type that and hit enter, then I get that table view again. And you can also do it from a script. So in the myscript.jl file, I'm going to add a line VS Code display data and i'm just going to highlight that one line and hit shift enter and now i've got the table display open there so several different ways to open that and take a look at that that is a that is a really nice feature and i love that it's got the filtering built in the sorting is nice but to me the filtering is like actually 
kind of the really cool thing that it comes with. So a couple other things in the left-hand sidebar, uh, we've talked about the workspace. You also get a documentation section. So I can search through the Julia documentation. So if I have a question about, you know, the data frame type, I can type data frame. It may take a second for it to, to load up here. Here we go. And I can, I can resize the sidebar if I need to make it bigger but I can see here's the documentation for the data frame type. So I can see all the different constructors, everything there. This works for all the built-in documentation. It works for any packages you've installed into your environment. And it will also work, I think, with doc strings in your own project, which is really handy. And then the last thing is this plot navigator. So let's talk about plots in the Julia VS Code extension. So I'm hitting Command B, I think it's Control B on Windows or Linux, but that closes this like left-hand sidebar or toggles it between open and closed, so Command B. So I'm gonna close that and I'm gonna come to my uh, script here and I'm gonna add the plots. Is that in your current environment? It is not currently in my environment, no. I'm gonna go ahead and add it now just to get it in there. So I'm just going into my package manager. So I've uh, opened my REPL and dropped into the, the package manager REPL and I've typed add plots. And now I'm going to, I don't need all this data stuff here. I'm just going to only use plots because I just want to show how it, the plotting works in VS Code. So I'm just going to plot real quick a function. I'm going to, I'm going to create a function f of x, which is equal to uh, x squared. And I'm going to create another function g of x, which is equal to uh, x cubed. And I'm going to plot f. Oh, helps if I select all of the code. So I'm going to select all the code and hit shift enter and run this. And it will open the plot for f in a new tab. It actually opens it up in like a split view. So I can see the code and then I can also see the plot here. Well, now that I've got that, let me plot on a second line. I'm going to type plot G. So this is plotting X cubed. And I'm just going to highlight that one line and hit shift enter. And now over in that right hand pane, it's now changed to a plot of X cubed. So what happened to the plot of X squared, right? Like I, how do I, how do I see that? Over on the left hand sidebar, click on the Julia tab again. And inside of the plot navigator pane, you'll see little thumbnails of all the plots that you've added. And you can just select which one you wanna view and it'll bring it up in that right-hand sidebar for you. So that's some really cool features with plots that I think is really handy. If you have lots of plots going on, they're all here in the plot navigator. However, there's not a lot of functionality in the plot na navigator. If I just start you know, doing lots of plots here, so let me do plot F, sorry, uh, F circ to do the composition, that's what I meant. So now I've got, I've composed F with G and I've got another plot. So as you keep adding plots, you'll you'll just have to like scroll through to find the one you want. There's no way to like search for those plots or anything like that, or like filter or, or anything. You'll just see these thumbnails. You can just scroll through and see all the plots that you have and they will appear there, but still really handy. I do like that rather than having that plot come up in like a separate window or something like that, it just comes up in a separate tab. You don't have to leave the editor to go see your plot or anything like that. So in addition to the integrated Julia REPL that automatically detects your project environment, the plotting functionality, the table viewer, you also get a few other really nice features. One that I love is the formatting feature. So I am going to write a function called F and it's going to take a parameter X and another parameter Y. And I've intentionally put a couple of like weird spaces here. And then I'm going to inside of that, I don't know, it's just going to print 
or maybe it's just going to return x plus y and then i'm going to type end and i'm going to put a semicolon there so this is valid right like if i hit shift enter and and run then it works and and now i you know i'll have it in my repl i can type f of two three and it'll it'll print five so this code works, but it looks pretty ugly. It's not formatted nicely. So you do get code formatting with the Julia VS Code extension, and there are a couple of different ways to do it. So you can open the command palette. So that's a command shift P or control shift P. And if you type format document, you can click on that and it will format the document for you. It may take a while the first time you run this, but then subsequent times you run it after that, it'll work. And there it's formatted it for me. So it got rid of some of the extra spaces I had in my function definition and it moved the end, which I which was indented. It moved that to the far left-hand side of the screen. So it lines up with the F in function. So that's, that's handy. So that was using command palette. So command shift P, control shift P on Windows and type format document and hit enter. The other way to do it, it is to type option shift F in your file, and that will format the document for you as well. And if you'd like to, you can actually configure VS Code to do all this like automatically when you save a file. So every time you save it, it'll just format the whole file for you. It also has built-in linter. So that'll help catch little mistakes and stuff for you. So as you're typing, if you have like a syntax error, so for example, here I type X colon, and I get a little red squiggly line underneath the Y parameter in my function. And it says an argument is included in a function signal but not used within its body. It's really, it's a parsing error. So in your terminal on VS Code, there's a problems tab and I can see that there's, it's got a parsing error and it's trying to give me, you know, what the problem is, but sometimes it doesn't really detect maybe exactly what the problem is. You don't always get the most helpful things, but at least does, you know, point out to you that, hey, there's, there's an issue on this line. So we've talked about the Julia REPL, the integrated REPL. We've talked about the Julia tab on the sidebar with the workspace viewer, the documentation search function, the plot navigator. We've talked about looking at plots. We've talked about code formatting. We've looked at static linting. If you're trying to set up a coding environment in VS Code and you want to take advantage of font ligatures. So these are things like when I type Y hat and hit space, I get the little hat over the Y. Oh, you mean tab, right? Tab. Did I say space? Yeah, I think you said space. Uh, or if I want to do like the X underscore, you know, I, these will all look nice and everything. If I do equals equals, then I get this like long equals bar. And if I do like the right arrow, it actually looks like a, a continuous right arrow. So this is by typing, you know, dash and then the right angle bracket, then rather than looking like two separate characters, it puts it all together into one single character. So that makes it nice if you're if you're writing like uh, anonymous functions, then they just look a little bit nicer. Oh, yeah, that looks really good. So the way that that that's working here is I've got a special font called Julia Mono that I've installed. You don't have to install this, but you know, it's kind of a nice little bonus feature if you like the font, you know, if you don't like it, there's lots of other fonts. There's lots of other fonts that work with all these like ligatures and things like that. So you're not, you know, you don't have to use Julia Mono, but I, I like the way it looks. They have a website, juliamono.netlify.app. We'll include that link in the show notes so you can you can check that out. Uh, and it talks says Julia Mono is a monospaced font for scientific and technical computing. And uh, the whole website is in the Julia Mono font. So you can see exactly what that font looks like as the font they use on the website itself. Uh, but it's totally free. It comes with a very liberal license. 
Uh, and it says it's suitable for scientific and technical programming as well as for general purpose hacking and full of Unicode goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that will work on any operating system is you can go to their GitHub repository, which is linked on that webpage. You go to the download page and then click on the webpage and then you can download the zip files um, let's see, do they have them? Uh, Julia mono ttf.zip. So right there, you'd be able to open that and then you could just download that file and then unzip it. And that'll give you all the font files. And then it's got instructions on their website, uh, how to do it for different operating systems. So it tells you how to use the font book on Mac OS or how to install it on windows using the font manager on Linux or doing it from the command line. There's also a really easy way where you don't have to manually download a zip file. If you're on Mac OS, you can use homebrew to install it. And that's how I did it. And it automatically downloaded all the font files, put them in the right locations. And then I had that ready to go. And then in VS Code, the way you, you change the font is you go to preferences. So you can go to file preferences, or you can type command or control comma, and that will open up the setting, settings, not preferences, sorry. So there's two types of settings in VS Code. There are user settings, which are like specific to you. And every time you open VS Code, those user settings will apply. Or there are workspace settings, which creates a little folder inside of the base folder of the VS Code workspace called .VS Code. And we'll have a settings file, settings.json file in there. So if you want settings just for a specific project, you can set them in the workspace. If you want something that's going to happen every time you open VS Code, no matter what project you're opening, use the user settings. But if you type editor.fontfamily, or just editor.font brought it up, uh, then you'll see the setting for editor font family, and you can type in Julia Mono once you have it installed, and that will set the, the font for you. Now, there is one additional step that you have to do in order for the ligatures to work. Then you do have to add a line to the actual settings.json. They don't give you like a, a more user-friendly way to do this, but right underneath where you, when you type edit.font, or editor.font, whatever. Then right underneath where it says font family, there's font ligatures. And you open that. And if you have it already in your JSON file, it will take you right there. I did not. So I had to add this line, editor.font ligatures, and you know, see all this stuff. So how did I know that's what I was supposed to add, right? Well, I didn't. That's because I copied it from the Julia Mono website. I feel silly, but I didn't even know that you could make the, the, those .vs code files could contain those .json files for like the settings of a given directory. Oh yeah. That's so useful to know. That's so, especially because I switch between font size and, and like theme colors when I'm teaching a lot. Like I learned something new just now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, if you have settings you want done for a specific project, you use that word those workspace settings. One thing to keep in mind with that is, you know, it'll create this .vs code directory in your thing. And if you're using GitHub or Git, you probably want to add that VS code file to your, uh, or directory rather to your Git ignore. Yeah. So it's not yeah. getting shared around because maybe some people don't want it or it, just, it doesn't really need to live in you know, version control, but okay. So how did I know what to add for the, you know, for the font ligatures? So on the Julia Mono website, there is a FAQ page, FAQ page, and a little ways down, there's a question, how do I control features in CSS and Adam Jr. or VS code? And I clicked on VS code. And it shows you, you know, kind of how to set it up, but then it also gives you, if you have to scroll down a little ways, it gives you some different things. So if you want all the currently available stylistic sets, then I just came in here and I copied 
this and copied that into my settings.json file in VS Code. And then it also has some, you know, different setup if you don't like some of the contextual alternatives, but you want like slashed zero or different different things. There's some additional things you can do to set it up there. But I just grabbed all the currently available stylistic sets, copied and pasted everything here for that, and then went back to VS Code and put it in my settings.json and voila, everything worked. So we talked about a lot of different things about VS Code and the Julia VS Code extension. We talked about a couple of different ways to install Julia, how to install Visual Studio Code and installing the Julia VS Code extension. Uh, we saw how to work with the integrated Julia REPL that comes with the Julia VS Code extension, the Julia tab you get on the sidebar that has the workspace and the documentation search and the pot navigator. And we talked about uh, the code formatting and linting tools that come with it. So. Once you have all this set up, you have a pretty robust Julia development environment put together. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited about learning more about VS Code and the extensions that might come as well. Um, I'm really excited about the Pluto.jl extension. Um, yeah. And as you know, like I I'm a big notebook fan. That's how I primarily program. And yeah. uh, Pluto is my favorite up and coming notebook. So I'm excited about that. Go check it out. Install the extension. It's still in beta, but whatever. David, thank you for um, teaching me a bunch of things about VS <laughs> Code because you always seem to do that with everything. Hey, so, we, both, we both learn a lot from each other. It's a two-way two street. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Randy, for hanging out and talking Julia with me. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I'll see you all next time. All right. See you next week. Bye.